Hi. Hello. Thank you for tuning in to the Talk About It Mate podcast. In this podcast, we're letting you in on the ground floor of the next mental health revolution. Fundamentally, people want to be seen and heard, and it doesn't take a professional to provide that. Peer support is transforming people's lives, and we're going to show you how it's done. We'll start each podcast with a check-in where we'll describe our here and now feelings. Think how you would honestly respond if someone asked you, how are you? Then we'll choose a topic and talk from our own experiences about what that means to us. No direct questions, no advice, no disagreement, just open listening and validation. And at the end, we'll check out. How are you now? And that's it. Well, alongside the podcast, we'll be providing support, guidance and connection around the topic each week on our social media and on our meetup. So head there now, during or after the podcast to get and stay connected. But for now, let's get into it. Okay, welcome to episode three. Really looking forward to this one, actually. I haven't seen you for a while, John, so it's just good to see your face. Yeah, it's, it's, it feels like forever. Um, and yet it's only been probably, well, we, we spoke on, on the weekend, but in quite a frenetic conversation. But we haven't had a like chat or I haven't been to a group in quite a while. So, and by a while, I mean like two weeks, but in, in our lives, that's, that's quite a long time, actually. Over the last year or so, we've, we've spent at least some time each week together, whether that being a game of really poor standard tennis or a peer support group or some sort of socially distanced dog walk. Like, we, we've usually found a time to do something. So, yeah, it's great to see you as well. And, and with that in mind, I think we should just jump straight in with a check-in. Straight to the check-in. I said to you briefly before we started recording that I'm feeling really tired and I'm sure and I'm hoping by the end of this I'll be energised by the conversation. I think some of the reasons that I am tired because I think it's an issue we're tired, isn't it? It's a physical feeling but actually it can refer to your mental state as well and I, I, I don't, I feel tired emotionally because I'm fatigued by like I started this new job which is going really well but there's so much to it. And I've decided to, at the same time as taking a new job, do this mental health first aid thing that we're doing through Talk About It, which is a great opportunity, um, which started the same week as my new job and decided to completely renovate the downstairs of my house. Um, and we've also decided this is the time we want to launch this really ambitious season of podcast. So there's just a lot going on. And right now at this moment while we record on a dark February evening, I'm feeling, yeah, tired, I would say. How about yourself? Yeah, I feel, yeah, me- like mentally quite f- fatigued. Like, uh, you know, when you're just taking in a lot of information. Uh, a lot of oh, learning. yeah. <laughs> a lot of learning. Yeah, a lot of you learning at university. And I've, I've gone through a lot of paperwork and admin and getting ready to start actually seeing counselling clients. So it's a big shift in my life, like a big change. I've been waiting, for, I'd say, three years for, to be at this point now. But it's mental fatigue. I don't think it's... Uh, anxiety or anything like that because I've done a lot of work in the last week processing all that but yeah it, it it's heavy but I feel like I'm stronger to carry it so I don't know I don't want to say confident quietly confident possibly but that I've done the things that I need because you'll never know everything and, and you, you can only learn by knowing what you know or what you don't know so yeah that, bring bring it on that, that that that's the big difference isn't it um you're not overwhelmed necessarily because you feel strong enough to take it on, which is f- for both of us to say or for you to say, and it would be the same for me. It's quite a big step. 
bearing in mind all our histories um, and probably links into a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, so the topic this week is... Failure. With much of the things that we've discussed, when I consider it against the backdrop of my life, it kind of splits into two eras. One where I felt the yin and one where I felt the yang. Because as I grew up, I, I, was, I was really ill when I was three to four years old. I had um, cancer and I have very little memory of that. Only good memories, weirdly. Um, when I think about some of the things that objectively happened, it's quite traumatic. But because of that experience, I think um, my parents, in combination with being born in the millennial era and all the things that came with that, they made me feel like I could do anything that I wanted to do. And the failure, not that it wasn't an option in like a pressurizing way, but that I had everything I needed, that I was special, that I, there was no blocks in that sort of narrative that for a lot of young people that have taught since or worked with since in a youth capacity, there was no barrier or block to that narrative of school, college, uni, job whatever you want to do you can change careers you can move wherever you want you can do whatever you want and that was like one era and that was bookended by maybe getting into drama school in the first six months of that and I keep going back to this period of my life as quite definitive but it affected me in quite a lot of other ways because beyond that period I now feel the almost opposite that I'm a bit scared because what if I fail because there have been so many things that have led me to believe unfairly perhaps that I am a failure or that I have failed at that or that I was the cause of something breaking down or you know I I fed in the the poison into that wound that now I'm or was because I feel like I'm getting over that now to some degree I was the reason so yeah I think my life splits into sort of a pre-failure mindset and a post-failure mindset it's the story of John oh that there's things in there that you've never mentioned before um so thanks yeah it's 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 not a nice word i think failure it's a hard it's a harsh word and it and it's something that i you know people and i know i have you carry it around and 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 it's like a a mark on your tombstone almost not to be so grave with that but like it's like (laughs) i failed at this thing yeah 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 i i i I failed at something you know Mm. like and, and and it often comes around an event, like it, it, if there's an end goal and you've not reached that end goal or something didn't work out, a relationship, a job. And yeah, for me, yeah, I, I just reflect quite harshly on it, you know, sometimes, even now. And, and it's like you're carrying it around. It's a heavy emotional backpack to carry. But then it's that feeling of like, now when I look at how I've changed, a little bit like you were saying, I'm like sometimes now I'm like I've got nothing to lose but there's always some kind of fear or trepidation when you do something but yeah I just think like whether I couldn't succeed in a in a teaching job in London six years ago doesn't mean that I can't record this thing tonight but maybe a couple of days ago that that would have made I would have felt like that depending on my mood and and failure can kind of just like like a dark cloud over you sometimes yeah and I think the ability, as we, as we discussed before we started really getting into this conversation, you can still feel those feelings of, you know, trepidation and the past coming into the present is something we talked about before. 
But I guess the difference is for me, and it sounds like for you, is then having the tools to be able to step back and observe that, work through it, process it rather than sit in it. Um, I think it's interesting when we talk about failure and listening to you describe your perception of failure, I guess, is one is like failure depends on a framework that is either chosen for you or you choose it. And in both cases, it's artificial because failure is a getting a bit abstract but failure is a construct there's no such thing as success or failure in in most aspects of life where we might consider that to be a thing like okay you may set a target or you're playing a, a game of sport a game of sport i sound like i've never played sport before in my life you know and if you lose then you might consider that failure and that's relatively objective but like things that we define ourselves as having failed often it's because we just set this arbitrary goal for ourselves and because we didn't achieve that necessarily in the way we first thought then we define it as this terrible failure and i think we could do give ourselves a break there by by just being kinder to ourselves or at least something i'm learning is when i was younger because of that expectation that my parents inadvertently and i think a lot of parents of, of people my age put on them because you know there was growing productivity there was growing opportunity there was a new a new generation after the sort of late 80s and 90s um when we didn't live up to that tag of being special, we considered ourselves failures and we got a bit lost and we got a bit depressed. You know, millennials, you know, have got that sort of uh, that existential depression, almost like, what is my purpose? Because I was meant to be special and now I'm just sort of doing this this thing that I never thought I'd do and I never intended to do. I think, therefore, I've learned to just give myself a break there. I read a few books that helped me out and, you know considered it through meditation and reflection that actually the experience and the journey is the point the the destination i don't need to define that if i don't do that then i can't fail that's that's quite quite inspiring actually um yeah i look back and think in childhood it, it something takes hold you know it doesn't always have to be it's not like it's something as serious as a trauma or but it's how you how you fit in and stuff like i don't think i was ever told i was i was special or i had all these opportunities i think i had quite a modest start but and i was also an only child i know you came from a big house but like so i was very insular in many ways but but outwardly i would try to like fit in and then i'd just adapt to fit in and stuff but like it's when you stand out and and, and you're not accepted sometimes that that you consider yourself to be a failure, and 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 sometimes it's individuality and your personality that might you know people can push you away. But often it, it's it's as crude as the way that you look and stuff. Like you know, growing up, I was I was the fat kid often in my class. So you know, it was from from about eight till about twelve, thirteen. That was something that I had to carry around with me, and then you felt like you're a failure because you're measuring yourself against each other. That's what. You, what you do when you grow up isn't it like I wasn't that good at football I wasn't very good with girls you know like and 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 that narrative in that in my head and I actually refer to myself as a failure and a loser and stuff and I carried that right through with me until oh it, well, it, it obviously went through with me until now until like I'm, I'm, I'm picking it but uh it's just so harsh like mm. and and I, I wonder if that and the fact that I could never shake that off, did that affect me? And it must have, you know, in, in careers and, and, and I'm not stuck with it. And But I'm glad to be doing what I'm doing now. But what I'm trying to say, if I'm reframing it, is it a failure that I'm no longer in the classroom teaching like I was six years ago? I would argue not. But in the back of your mind, there's like a stain. Yeah, 
I think the first thing that comes to mind from that that I resonate with is isn't it cruel to ourselves to consider ourselves failures for things that we're not in control of, like the way we look or our prowess in certain regards? Like academics for me was never a problem. But for other people, it's really difficult. I suppose I never had to empathise because I never really got too close to that as a child, but I've never been through that. I've never been through that experience of coming to school and it being difficult. It wasn't difficult for me. And I feel horrible that anyone would have felt like a failure. Like the first exam I ever failed, and it was the last one I ever failed at school, was I got 32% in my Spanish year nine class because we were forced to take an extra language. In the wider context, I didn't care about that. But I can imagine that if that was your constant experience, that would have felt awful. For me, my, my, my biggest failure, to put it that way, was probably more akin to what you were saying about like with women and well girls when I was younger but because of the stuff that my parents had done I did I did think that I'd failed there and I did attribute it to myself but I had the resilience to not let it really affect me but then it presented itself in different ways as I got older you know whenever people would show attention I just wouldn't believe it (laughs) so it kind of linked to like low self-esteem so failure therefore can lead to these yeah you say it's affected you it can lead to these unconscious disbeliefs when something that you thought was a failure about yourself is no longer like manifest in that way like life doesn't show you that picture of yourself anymore like you want a football pitch you know you're the you're the energetic one and when people come to you after a game and they're like god you you ran off the pit you were the most like you were everywhere you, you know you were the fittest guy on the pitch and like i can imagine for you based on what you're saying that that i kind of disconnects a little bit yeah and and like just take what you said there that that, that that is labelled as a success. And, and and for me, I think that things that I'd ever I'd done or in my own head, I would have never been labelled as a success. So therefore, I felt like I was a failure. So to put it in cold terms, I was a failure as a man. Mm. Because well, I wasn't tall. I wasn't good looking. Can't grow a beard. Uh, I can't build anything with my hands. Uh, I'm not physically... I'm not a hard man. Like, uh, I haven't got kids. That, that you know, like, these yeah. are things, you know... Um, I don't, I don't drive a BMW. I mean, uh, you've, you, did, you know, you've got Lenny, yeah. so you're definitely not a failure. I've got, in my... a cute, I've got, a, I've got a cute dog. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's more than I've got. I've got a beard, but you know, um, I'll tell you what, growing a beard, you know, when we talk about periods in my life before growing a beard and after growing a beard, that was also another big book, bookmark. You know, they say that beards are like makeup for men. So that's, you know, that's, <laughs> that's like my foundation every day is this beard without it. Honestly, it just looked like the palest thumb in the world. I got no 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 chin whatsoever. Honestly, it just blends. I'll if anyone wants a picture, you know, feel free to request. Can I put this on the episode artwork? <laughs> I, oh, I don't know if I want it publicised like that. See, that's the low self esteem in me. Like, I still can't. You know, it's weird because in those two different periods of my life, well, I don't know. I don't know. If this is not really the specific topic of this episode, but as my fear of failure grew, and as I become, I became more of a failure in my own eyes. Things like my vanity. Uh, and my caring about details about myself, that also grew. So as my confidence decreased, all of that stuff increased. So it was like this weird um, dissonance for people. Like I'd feel like I was less confident, had less self-esteem, was less, you know, able to just do things and speak to people and trust myself. But other people were looking at him and going, he's getting slimmer. He, oh, he looks so much better. He's got this excellent job. And I was like, you know, it was that was all the show. You know, that, that was all the, the plaster over the fear of failure. 
it's like when we value or people point out like things like there's things that we are not and there's things that we are and we take the things that we are not like i just mentioned and we use that as a motivation or a judgment tool that you're that that we're failures so we don't measure up we're not good enough and then that's the root of everything else that comes off the back of that and then if we look at the things we are and like act from that space so like yes i can't build a cabinet <laughs> but i can sit with somebody when they're emotionally in pain and listen to them and and that's a success isn't it so it's all about like you can't master every skill you can't be good at everything like it, it's almost like you know look take taking a step back and and i don't know it just helps me to and i, I don't think i learned that until i started having therapy when i was about 30 and it was a lot of things that i was saying and it was like ask people what they think about you and, and what your strengths are and you write a list of your strengths and a lot of them started to measure up and then I could see that people were seeing the things about me that were me and in an, it's led to a different career and a different approach in life so you know that's a coping mechanism on my part I think. Yeah and that that task that your counsellor gave you there sounds terrifying to the person in me that was at their lowest ebb but the person before that would have been so fearless about that because no matter what came back could have dealt with it but i can't imagine like a couple of years ago doing an activity where i went and asked people what they thought about me because no matter what they wrote down i probably would have interpreted the gaps as a failure so whatever they didn't say oh they didn't say that they didn't they don't see that in me they don't understand that about me that would that would have been yeah that would have been awful it's a very strange concept. I think the thing that you mentioned there that links to counselling and links to recovery that really underpins a lot of the stuff we talked about is you are enough. It's a very thrown about phrase. It's often overused in social media and it makes me feel quite uncomfortable sometimes when people say it to me because still I can't really accept that. I got a really lovely present off my girlfriend at Christmas that's like affirmations and I find affirmations are still quite difficult for me. It links to this idea that there's no such thing as a success and a failure in most cases. Like you could take the far extremes of society and you could maybe suggest there's something there. But, you know, just by being you in the day to day, that's all you need to do. Everything else is kind of an added bit of life, but it's neither necessarily a success or failure. As much because, you know, some people think, think some things are great. Like, I, I really like playing computer games. And I, if I play computer games for two, three hours on a night, I would think, I've had a good time. That was good fun. But other people my age would look at that and go, God, what a waste of time. What a, what a failure of my way of spending time. You know, I, I, and therefore, I know it's a really, like, really banal example, but that just goes to show, like, there's, n there's not a binary there. It's just, it's on you to accept that whatever you're choosing to do in that moment is fine. You are enough. And I can say that to other people, I just can't say it to myself. <laughs> Sometimes I do, like, I look back and think, this failure narrative, like, how, how much has it taken from me in that I've not backed myself? So, so if I'm moving it forward, like, what have I not gone for? You know, what, and what opportunities have I not taken because I felt like I wasn't good enough and I was a failure? And... And in the past, maybe I wasn't aware of it. But even in the last few years, I'm very wary of that I have 
kind of let other people go in front of me in the queue but i'm okay with that more now it, it's like i've i've take i've started to take the opportunities when i've felt like it's a good opportunity to take it's it's good for me and and, and had some very good advice in that uh in terms of going into a new career never never ever feel like you know what you're doing and and i've really taken that to heart because i never feel like i know what i'm doing but before it stopped me from doing things and now it's not so you know it's a little bit like rolling the dice and all that but as as a wise man once said to me shoot the shot i wonder who that was <laughs> i mean i can't take a claim over the authorship of that it's just something that i used to say to myself on a friday and saturday night but um i think it does apply in life and i think it really sums up what i was thinking there whilst you were talking which is i'm going to say this word hopefully but i don't mean it in that i hope people are going through something that makes them feel this way but I mean, I hope I'm reaching someone or we're reaching someone that's feeling like this and they, they hear what I'm about to say and what you've just said and they understand what it might mean for them, which is I did the same thing as you, which was I got to a point where I told myself it was never going to happen the way I might have wanted it to go, that it was always going to end in, I'm not going to use the word failure, it was always going to end in defeat or more pain or more worry or uncertainty everything ahead of me was going to go like that and it was never going to change and it was only or it is only when you forget that because again that that's just a thought in your head it's not the reality and I think your story and my story there are things that two years ago two three years ago I think if you'd said to either of us maybe not three years ago maybe a bit longer ago for you this is this is where we'll be in 2021 in the middle of a pandemic neither would have believed, believed that but you know aside from that I don't, I don't think I would have believed that. I don't think that's what I would have thought for myself. So whether you define that as success, that we are here where we are and therefore the opposite of failure, or whether it doesn't really matter, what did matter was ignoring that feeling or fighting that feeling or having another feeling that went against it, that really sort of, that's the thing to focus on. That's the thing that will help you take responsibility. Yeah. I, I massively agree with that. Like, good enough is success. And, and when you actually look at it like that, it, that's the difference between being in your comfort zone uh, and stepping out of your comfort zone. Because if you step out of your comfort zone, you know you're going to be tested. You can't, like, l l let's not, like, spin a yarn here that, that, that life isn't difficult because it is very fucking difficult. But things come in waves that, you know, like, if you show an awareness or an appreciation of that, like, there will be bad moments, there will be good moments and kind of just roll with it. So I, I'm not getting as like exhilarated when I have successes now than I, than I, you know, than I was six months ago because they're happening more and more, but that's a, as a product of the work that I'm doing. Consequently, I'm also not beating myself up and tearing myself to shreds when things don't go right. So I've been working a lot on managing my own reactions and, and I've been, I've had a really good record over the last say six months and just occasionally in the last say month, I've had a couple of moments where I think that's just not how I want to be reacting to things. And that's because I've gone in possibly to a failure mindset, like thinking everyone's going to hate me if I do something wrong and all these things spinning. But I very, very quickly pulled myself back from that and been like, no, 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 no. Like you can't put yourself in other people's heads and it's hardly ever. In fact, it's never as bad as you think it's going to be in your head because like, you know, we conduct ourselves generally in a good way. And, and that way of living is that, is, is a nice way to be for me now because I'm getting opportunities because I'm pushing myself 
I mean, if you're pushing yourself like massively, like to a huge strain, but then that's probably a sign that you are pushing yourself too much. I've been at times when I've done that and I think, oh, listen to your body, listen to the signs, but like carefully managed, like not risk, but like carefully managed attempts to try and do new things and, and just getting it done, it's being it good enough. It's, it's a success in my book now. And, and, and there isn't a perfect way to send an email. There isn't a perfect way to send a text. At the end of the day, if you need to get a response back and you get a response back, what's the point in going analysing 16 ways how you wrote that email? It's just no point. You got what you needed. Yeah, you say good enough is, is, is success. And I think for everyone listening, the next thing that they do that would be good enough will be different. It'll be a different level of scale of, of thing. Like sometimes over the last few years, good enough for me would have been getting out of bed and some days I didn't manage that some days I just did not get out of bed get out of my room speak to anyone for 48 hours just just wouldn't happen and I often would look back on the, that sort of behavior and, and judge myself I wouldn't have necessarily used the word failure but it would have been like that. it would have been felt like you you let yourself down uh, and it what was stopping me I'd you know the fear of of, of it not going the fear of getting up or the fear of doing something and it not going the way that I needed it to go or I felt like it needed it to go. But by not doing it in the in, at all, then, then it's never going to go that way, is it? So you're not even giving yourself a chance. You're not even allowing yourself the opportunity. Uh, and there's a lesson in that, which is shoot your shot, maybe. But there are other things as well. What You mentioned things that are too big, too much, too soon, or also this idea that, I've tried to do this in several ways. I'm going to use the word succeeded in a couple of these types of things, but but failed in, in the majority of them of building in like routines of good habits that I've read about or that someone's told me about or that I know I, I would get a lot out of. And I do beat myself up when I realize that I, I've not really embraced those and integrated them into my life. So you bought me a journal for my birthday, I think it was. I've written in it maybe a dozen times, uh, but there are periods of like months where I maybe don't look at it. And then I'm like, oh, I see it. And it's next to my bed every day. It's right here now. I look at it and I go, oh God, why have I not, I should do it. I should. And then it's like the very point of it is to not feel like that. So you, you, you're defeating the purpose before you've even, you know, meditation. Don't beat yourself up if you don't build a meditation practice into you every day, because then you're not achieving, you, you're doubling down on the, on the failure, you know, not only are you not doing it, but you're beating yourself up about not doing it. So I think for me, routines is a really big step. I, I'm actually better at the big grand, you know, if someone said, right, you're going to go and speak in front of 10,000 people tomorrow. I'd be like, yeah, cool. I'd do that. I'd turn up, I'd do it. Nothing would stop me doing that apart from maybe, you know, breaking my leg. But if you said, right, for the next week, just make sure that you clean the toilet three times. Like that, that would be much more of a challenge for me. Because that, that's not really, I do wonder sometimes whether I am ADHD and I don't mean to be like belittling that sort of experience because I know that it's something that you live with, but I, I do wonder why I can't do that, why I can't build in routines. But I've stopped beating myself up about it because, you know, sometimes I've done it really well, like intermittent fasting for me. I know some people won't be fans of intermittent fasting. For me, it's been brilliant. And I've built that into my life now such that I don't even think about it. And when you do that, it is amazing. I've, I've stopped considering it a failure if I don't achieve something that I know is not my natural position. I'm laughing because uh, 
especially about the comment about the journal, because I bought that same journal and I wrote in it once and I really liked it and I haven't touched it since I bought it for you and you've done it a dozen times. Yeah, it, in terms of self-care and, and there's a lot of fads and people want to try these and because I think, I don't know about you, but I, I like trying a lot of different things, but very, very few of them actually stick. So, it, it, I, yeah, for the fact that I'm trying them, I suppose, the ones that stick are worth it, I suppose. But it, 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 it's, it is easy to fall into the trap of thinking I'm a failure for not doing this, I'm not doing this. But I do sometimes think I'm doing what I can. I think we all are doing what we can. If, Like you say, if you just go out of bed, made a cup of tea, made the bed, I don't know. What, any, that, what I'm trying to say is taking easy wins is massively important. And, and, and this just... It, this leads on to the other thing now is that perfectionism you know like you know you set yourself a target so i was like i'm gonna write in this book three times a week i'm gonna <laughs> do this meditation free oh yeah yeah like back seven months six seven months ago yeah 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 you know have a balls yeah. you know but at the same time i have a you know i've been plodding along we're all just muddling along and it, you know like when people just honest about that we can just relax a bit more it's like it works for some people and that's great, but that, you know, we have lots of other things going on in our lives and, and yeah. that's it. Once we cut ourselves a bit of slack and, and it doesn't become a failure or a success the other way, like it's success is what you say it is. Failure is what you say it is. But if we stop labeling these things and just kind of go with the flow, life can just be a lot less stressful. I don't know if you ever saw this when you were on dating apps a long time ago. There was always this thing that's cliche as anything, which is, I like you if you don't take yourself too seriously. Uh, I think my girlfriend might have actually written that, so I'm, I'm mocking her. But um, so many people have that on their dating apps. It's unbelievable. And I never really knew what it meant. Like, I never, and I don't, I honestly don't think people that write it on the dating app really know what it means. I think that what they think it means is like that you're laid back. But what I think it means to me now, is that acceptance of the idea that everyone's just making this shit up. Everyone's just making it up. So don't try and pretend too hard that you know everything all the time. Like, we have this view when we're growing up. We look at our parents or we look at the adults around us and we're like, God, they're just, they're so serious. They, you know, when, when I'm an adult, like, life will just make sense. And, it, you know, one day you'll just understand how to change a tyre and, you know, you'll know how to run a house and you'll, you'll know. And I used to wonder why, you know, without betraying my mom's confidence here, but you know, why my mom would just cry for no reason at times. I'd be like, mom, what, what, what's going on? Like this is a complete overreaction. I obviously didn't understand the nature of anxiety or of stress or of, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand how difficult things were for her because I'd not been through 40 years of, of life. And I, I hadn't developed those, poor patterns of thinking or those neuroses or those triggers or those, you know, I hadn't not dealt with my trauma because I hadn't had the trauma. So it now makes a lot more sense to me. And I think sometimes what caused maybe that reaction in my mum, but in, in other people like myself, is this trying to control it all so much. Like, you've got to have your shit together. You've got to know what you're talking about. You put so much pressure on yourself to to walk into the room and be the knowledgeable one. And I think, I've mentioned her a few times today, but my girlfriend did a speech today on Zoom. And the advice I gave her was just be yourself because honestly, there's nothing more engaging. It doesn't matter what you say. If you're authentic, if you are you, there's nothing worse to me than watching someone. I'm very polished doing my speech. I really, um, this is a persona. I'm not really showing you who I am. I'm just disengaged. Like, especially if they do like an affectation on their voice or anything like that. I'm done. 
I'm proud of myself that I do bring myself, my real self, to most situations. And I don't take myself too seriously in most of those situations. I don't pretend to know that I have all my shit together or I'll offer what I do know. But then there are those moments, like when I started a new job, and maybe some of these eventually, uh, my colleagues will be listening to this at some point down the line, and we'll go, shit, he didn't know what he was doing. I don't always know what I'm doing. You know, I, I manage some people. I don't always know the answer. Um, and I think it's about being humble enough and giving yourself a break enough to say, I don't need to. You know, not everyone does. No one knows all the answers. I wonder how many people listening to what you just said there have been adding along, like, yeah, I'm like that. I like, I ain't got a clue. And, 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 and that's it. I, like, authenticity is a buzzword. I overuse it a lot, but it doesn't mean that you can just do what the fuck you want and just crush people. It means that it just, it's quite refreshing. That picture when you've been at work or you've been in a meeting or whatever, and you've met someone and, and they're just refreshingly authentic and open. They just, they're doing it in their way and they're still doing it. And, that, and that, that's it. Sometimes we think, if I be myself, I can't do this. So then I'll be a failure. And, and, and that is everything I've pushed through the last two years. Link it back to your thing about, about women growing up. You know, we, we change and modulate who we are because you said to fit in, but also because we want that person to find us attractive. Or, and the best relationships I've had in my life, both friends and, and romantic, but the ones I'm referring to really are romantic, are the ones where I was completely myself in the, in the origin of it. And I think that's just true of anything. Like when you think about someone that's really sexy, or really attractive, not necessarily to you sexually, but just attractive as a person. I'm thinking like Jack Black, like he, he's a really attractive guy. Like people will say he's charismatic. He draws you in and it's because he's just himself. And he has, he has, I mean, he, this might be a whole, like he's putting it on and he has no fucking idea, but he just seems to not care. And by doing that, that lack of fear of failure, like he, he don't care what you, th- or he didn't seem to care what you think about him. And he just does him. And by doing that, he, he succeeds that's the, the whole deal really isn't it yeah he seems very carefree just dicking about and, and people value that but I, I just wonder like how many people just don't do things though because of that fear of failure and then the worry i have is then you get people who who potentially are a lot more privileged and less talented who who then get not not to have sour grapes who then get into the position like uh you could end up in a very high position in global life, and there are a couple of high-profile figures I might be thinking of, and they, they they've always believed they could, regardless of what they knew. It's just the pathway is open to them, and 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 you know that I think that like a lot of people feel that failing, it stops them from progressing in life and and elevating their their station and, and getting that job or getting that position. Because the criteria, and they think there's twenty things on this criteria, and I, I only hit eighteen of those criteria. Yeah, and, and I I know for a fact there's dozens of jobs I've not applied for because that's happened, and it's like, well, you've just hit, I've got eighteen of the twenty things that they want, and but the irony and, the irony of you raising yeah. that is that that's predominantly seen in research about men and women applying for jobs, and that men will generally not me and you, me and you are a lot more discerning about the jobs we go too discerning, too fear of failure. Yeah, um, yeah, but. A lot of men will just apply for jobs historically, even if they're completely underqualified and then have a lot more chance of still being hired than the woman that applied that's overqualified because women are a lot more conscientious, according to the research, not, I'm not throwing stereotypes around about, you know, oh, I'm not quite right for this. So I'm not going to apply. And I think that's changing maybe, but 
I completely agree. And it, it really reminds me of when I was teaching in Brixton in my first teaching job. And I used to say to people after working there for two years that I think um, success through education or success in life comes down to two things. One is literacy, the ability to understand and communicate ideas in whatever lexicon that might be. So whether that's English or maths, you know, a literacy, a form of being able to communicate in that thing which is just a technical thing. You just have it or you don't, you have to develop it. But the other side of it was aspiration. And that is all about fear of failure because a lot of those young people that I met in Brixton, they had no future in their own mind. They had already failed by being born, some of them. You know, they were a failure as per society's view of what they should be. And therefore they were, disaffected they were disillusioned they, they didn't engage they they were angry and understandably and i spent most of my time pastorally trying to just go believe in yourself you can do it you can be any you know and that and now i realize in this conversation that that was about getting rid of their fear of failure or the, the idea that they already failed it, it pisses me off to be honest yeah that you know Social mobility is something very passionate about. I, you know, when I taught in London, I, I knew all about that kind of stuff. And yeah, that the fact that the opportunities are denied for people, it, it, yeah, it it pisses me off. And 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 it's almost like you you should be grateful for the scraps that come from the table. I feel guilty when good things happen to me because years and years of telling me. So the the last thing that's happened to me is that I've recently been approached to do do a placement. And and it's because they're lacking male counsellors. So I benefited there for being in a minority. And and, and, and I've been in careers where I, it's been female dominated. But I, I, t- I took it to my group. I said, I'm really, feel really guilty about this. Because whether I'm the best candidate or not, they, they, they need male counsellors. Obviously, I've been reassured. But at the end of the day, like, I think I'm good at what I do. And I think I will be good at what I do. And if they need male counsellors, then why should it be me? Why well, should it not be me? You know? But at the same time, like, I feel guilty. And it's it for having an opportunity. And it's like, well, we need more male counsellors. So why shouldn't I be put throwing my hat in the ring for that? And it, 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 it's, it's hard. It's hard. And, and, and why do we do this to ourselves? At the end of the day, I'm a success. I'm not a failure. But success is just being me and just being good enough. Yeah. And I'm going to take one thing away from that that I think we should probably end this on, which is why not me? Like when you're thinking about that next step and you're telling yourself it can't be or it can't work out for you, why not? Why not you? Why not now? Just go for it. Shoot your shot. What if it goes well? Absolutely. Okay, let's do a checkout. Should I go first again then? Um, As I thought I was going to, I feel very energised. That conversation, we've had many, 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 many conversations in groups together and separately and formal, informal pissed, sober, all sorts. And there were lots of things that came out in that conversation in particular that I don't think we've ever talked about, actually, or we've not talked about them in that way. So I think that's the beauty of this format and you and me doing it like this is I get someone that can allow me to be my complete self around and I know will will give me all the things that really someone needs. I think, yeah, I feel so so good to get a lot of that off my chest, I think. Annoyingly, you've probably woken me up and when I'm starting to think about going to bed, so... Yeah, good energizing chat. Thanks, Mike. How about you? Yeah, no, I feel I feel relieved to have seen you. I like I didn't feel feel realize the effect of of like speaking to you after like a week of not speaking to you. 
after spending so much time you know zooming all the time so that that's something I've I've really clocked going through this but I also feel quite motivated quite fiery after that like I feel that like yeah I've come to life I feel like it's okay not to have all the answers and yeah I just feel like all the people who who hopefully will listen to this I hope that like they can just take something one thing that they can kind of take an action from so hopefully feel like we might have inspired some people as well yeah hopefully yeah just just take that action, do that thing. If anyone takes anything from this, I hope they did. I hope that's what they take from it. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, mate. And I'll, uh, I'll hopefully catch you at a session soon. As for everyone else, we'll catch you on the next one. Please do all the usuals and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate your interest in what we do. If you would like to hear more, please subscribe, share, or review this podcast. And if you'd like to have a chat, join a session or just have some fun, then come find us at Talk About It Mate on all social media.